I'm still not there. Things aren't fixed. Mm. Something's missing, guys. So we've all learned this on our journey. Like when you're doing things for yourself, when you're doing things out of ego, y- y- you don't get the fulfillment. You don't. You don't. It's hollow. It's hollow. And that's what it was. Enough is never enough. Enough is never enough. Whatever your situation is currently is not your forever situation. That's really what real business owners is, man. Like, we don't care where you come from. Where are you going? Our goal and our job is to reduce the mistakes that you have to make or the money that you have to lose. You want to be an entrepreneur? You want to be successful? Don't give up. You learn, adjust, and continue to move forward. What's up, everybody? Welcome back to another episode of the Real Business Owners Podcast. You got Trev. Yes, sir. Myself in yes, beautiful sir. Mexico. Yes, sir. With a special guest of ours, Matt Atkins. Welcome to the show, brother. <laughs> what up, bro? Did I say yeah. Atkins, right? Atkins. It's not T, it's D. I'm always like, Atkins? Atkins, like dog. Duh. Yeah. Duh. Atkins. Ain't nothing skinny about this, baby. Yeah. Hey, Matt's a. Seriously, dude, it's been so enjoyable to spend time with you on all the meetups. But sure. as I get, to, I mean, we've known each other for a while now. Yeah. You know, Trev and I've yeah. known you for a while now. But it's like, I don't know, man. The more we, the more we hang out, I'm just like, this is my bro. Well, you know? I, I, dude, I mean, for whatever reason, I mean, I don't, I don't know <laughs> why, but you know, I've always been drawn to Matt. When we first met him, you could just tell a good yeah. soul when you when you see one. Yeah, um, and even through all the struggles, dude, you've always been like, there's still a good soul inside of an individual, even regardless of somebody struggling with something. And you've been through the gamut, you know, um, rough childhood, you know, all that to just, you fight your fights and you win them, you know, and that's what I respect about you. Right. And you're very open and honest about those fights, which I admire about you because it gives other people permission to fight their fights, right? Like sure. sometimes we think we're so neck deep in our own shit and we just can't get out of it. But I love how open and honest you are. And you could tell that it vibes with people because even when you make a post, like, dude, you get, you know, a lot of people commenting. You you you, you speak what other people are thinking or going through. And you do sure. a great job of that. So um, Thank you. it's been it's been a pleasure getting to know you over the last like four or five years and watching you get to the point where you're at now and the level of winning that you're at and where you're trying to go with your business so it's pretty pretty cool so yeah man it's been good uh you guys y'all seen it all right we had that talk yeah yeah. see the good bad and ugly and that that's what it takes man like uh life business whatever like you have to have your community Mm, you have to have your people Mm -hmm. and you have to be able to tell them the good and the bad stuff right yeah like I, I want you guys to be there when we're winning, and you're there when we're not. Yeah, and that's uh, that's pretty special. That's what it takes to get to get where we're all going. So yeah, yeah man, we, uh, myself, my family, we appreciate you guys too. Yeah, well, mm-hmm. it's mutual, bro. If you will, let's start kind of just literally at the beginning, kind of how you grew up, so that we can kind of frame it up and then work our way up to you know, 2023, where you're at now, maybe some of the battles that you've had to overcome. Sure, man. Yeah. So don't be afraid to splash that funny shit in there too, bro. Yeah. God, we were laughing all morning at the table talking yeah. about some of this. It's been great, okay? <laughs> you got to have a little bit of humor when you've been through so much pain. I, I, you man, know what I'm I mean? trying to tell you. Yeah. Right? Like that is to me, you know, we've done, I, 
not we. I'm not throwing you guys on the bus. <laughs> I've done everything in the world from alcohol to drugs to uh, whatever it took, man. But smiling, laughing, that is the greatest mm-hmm. medicine. Oh, so yeah. uh, it doesn't matter what valley you're in. If you can find a way to do that, things get better. So a uh, little bit about me. You're right. Um, it starts way back in the day, uh, small town, West Texas. I was uh, raised by a single mom uh, in a s- somewhat, man, uh, rough environment. Um, I have three brothers. Uh, we all have different dads. It's uh, it's pretty cool, like, it, to freak people out, like, send them a Christmas card. <laughs> and uh, there's, like, hey, uh, there's, like, three black dudes in the back, right? Those are my brothers. Yeah. <laughs> right? So, uh all with different last names, so you don't know 100%. what family to like put overarching. It's not from like the Callies. It's like Atkins, da 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 da. Yeah, like, and, it, and it's the like coolest thing to like talk with other people and be like, yeah, my brother's dad. And then they just kind of look at you like, what? Like, what does that mean? But you know, that, that, uh, that situation taught us, taught me so much. I, bet. I think that's why, um, my wife tells people to this day that I can, I'm comfortable in, Walking into a crack house, pulling somebody out, mm. and I'm just as comfortable sitting at a table with the CEO of a multi-million dollar company, yeah. right? Because to me, uh, people are people. Yeah. We all we all have the same issues. We all uh, yearn for the same things. So, so that was neat. I uh, I grew up. My mother, she 100 percent taught us our work ethic. Uh, all of my brothers are successful in their own right. Um, she she taught us how to. She made some early mistakes, but she just kept Grinding. going. Yeah, resilient. She's so resilient, yeah. right? Uh, so we we have her um, to this day. Like we have her to thank her uh, for everything that we have. But so fast forward, we no handouts, nothing. We had to kind of get through. My mom worked so much that somebody had to be the staple in the family. Uh, whether I wanted it or not, that was yeah. me, man. Mm. So uh, my brothers will laugh and joke and tell everybody that I was their dad. At you know, I can remember being eight, nine years old, waking up at 5.30 a.m., making breakfast for all my brothers, getting them dressed for school, walking each one of them across town to their different schools, before I walked myself to third or fourth grade or whatever it was. So that's just how we grew up. You know, at 10, 11, 12 years old, I was doing things that most adults, like, didn't do. Yeah. So it was one of those things. I became very resilient. I became very self-reliant. I was very, very, very mature uh, for my age. And fast forward, I... uh, I did all the things that you were not supposed to do uh, growing up because I didn't have structure because I was able to be in a quote unquote an adult as a child. Uh, you know, I was a hellion man. Yeah, I like to fight. I like to be a rebel. Nobody could tell me anything, and uh, it caused some issues. Um, caused me to be expelled from school and have to go to another school. Um, you ever go to like detention, juvenile detention? I did. Yeah. Yep. Uh, did a spout in juvie. Uh, that that was pretty neat. Uh, 
Well, taught me a lot. First things first is uh, you don't want to go there. But secondly, all my I, homies were there when bro, I went there, dude. Bro, like I was bro, bumped I, up with a friend. I was know, like, you, dude, it's like hanging out with you. We get to play basketball together. We get a freaking what is that? Watch TV. Ball? They had a yeah, TV in ours. Know? So that was that was the thing, <laughs> yeah. right? Like people assumed, like that's where I was headed, mm. and that I actually would be okay with that because. That is where all my yeah. homies were. It's just what but, happened to everybody that was around you. 100%. So it was normal. So everybody assumed that's the way it was going to go down. And here's what was different. In fact, I just wrote a, a post uh, the other night about this. Here's what's different. that It took me all the way until now as a 40-year-old man to understand. I can remember sitting the night. Police took me away. I'm sitting at... Uh, TYC, it's Texas Youth, whatever, uh, juvenile detention, right? Sitting in that cell. I knew at that moment that wasn't me. Mm. I wasn't okay about it. I was yeah. never proud of it. If anything, I was disappointed. I I would think of my brothers, mm. and I would think of my mom. The example like, that you were like, setting. hold on. Yeah, yeah. Hold on, something's wrong here. This, I can continue this cycle, or I can find a way to break it. And I did. Right, I get out of it, um, got back on track, ended up in a new school, met the love of my life at uh, 16 years old. Rita and I have been together since we were sophomores in high school. Uh, this next month, we wow. celebrate 20 years of marriage. Wow. So um, we went through that. I graduated high school, uh, was going to, thought I was going to end up in the military, Uh I now understand that I had some weird detachment issue. Like I did not want to be away from Rita, who was the staple of my <laughs> yeah. life. Like, she was the structure. Man, everybody thinks like it's. Uh, you just didn't want to leave your girl. Now, as as an adult, I understand. Yeah, really, what it meant. It was like yeah. she was my cornerstone, mm -hmm. and I've I've had these issues throughout my adult life of uh, detachment of people leaving because I. Apparently, I've always yearned for this strong family structure because I never had it. Yeah. Right? Uh, now I understand these things as, as an adult. But fast forward, man, uh, got out of high school, left town. Who knew I was borderline an academic genius? Uh, like, seriously? Uh, I get to school. I, I am so resilient. I go to... Uh, I go to college. I just say, hey, I'm going to go to college. Never took the ACT, never took the SAT. I go to a local junior college. I sit down. I take their little exam. It's off the chart. They're like, yeah, you can go here. You get, <laughs> like, you have to remember. Hopefully the question what 95% out of 1,000 is wasn't on the question. Whatever. Like, yeah. I knew you were yeah. going to catch that. Yeah. I was like, 99.5% is 95%. Uh, then I was like, uh, <laughs> nobody in this room is going to catch that except for Trevor. <laughs> Uh, I was waiting for my time to correct And Rita's you. just sitting like, there going. Yeah, that's why she, that she's like, that's like, why she, I she's do the, the accounting. Account, yeah. yeah. <laughs> so, you know, I, I get into this college thing, yeah. and that's where my journey really begins yeah. because I learned something. Remember, I have no dad there. Yeah. I have no mom there. There's nobody to pack me up. There's nobody to buy me sheets and buy me groceries and do all the college things. All Take the, care of the things that other people didn't have to think about. Nobody was there to fill out financial aid applications. Nobody. So what did I do? I took their test because that's what they said I had to do. 
And then they said I could go there. And then they said I had to pay, mm. which was an obstacle. Yeah. Because <laughs> they had no money. Yeah. And my family didn't save for college. So here's what I did. I went to the financial aid uh, office and I sat there. As I sat there, I watched students coming in one after another. They were like, oh, I'm here to get my financial aid package. I'm here to get my scholarship. They were all different colors. They were males, females. They were foreigners. They were, you know, people from around the area. And I was like, there's a ton of free money. So I called Rita and she's like, Harry, they said you have to pay within three days or you can't stay in the dorms. I'm like, I'm not leaving <laughs> until they give me money. <laughs> Two days later, I'm a full academic scholarship. Yeah. I had scholarships from the African-American club. <laughs> I had scholarships. You filled out every application you could fill <laughs> no, out by that point? No, or here's what? the deal. <laughs> I befriended every lady in that office. Uh, Before the day was over, yeah. they wanted me to win. Mm. Yeah, it wasn't even schmoozing. I told them my story. I told them where I was going. I told them I was not leaving mm. until I figured this out because I was going to change not only my life but my family's life. And I, it was like at that moment, man, I learned the power of people. Yeah, yeah, right. They wanted to help me. Yeah, yeah. It went so, from you can go here to. We must have you here. 100%. You must go here. Yeah. So well, it's the power of wanting to help somebody that clearly wants to help themselves, right? Like everybody's like, "Man, nobody will help me, nobody." But like what are you really truly doing to exert any form of effort or energy towards that thing? So why would anybody else do it if you're not willing to do it, right? 100%. And their bet paid off because yeah. here's what happened. I didn't take their scholarship and sit in my dorm room and flunk out with the two you know, a 1.2 after a semester. I went to work. I worked 60, 80 hours a week. I was on the dean's list. I wasn't taking a minimum of 12, 14 hours. I was taking 24, 28, 30 hours. Yeah. Got my undergraduate in three years. Graduated magna cum laude. Like, all these things. And remember, just a few years ago, I was being kicked out of high school. Yeah, People were like, he's going to go to prison. And I just didn't. Yeah. And, you know, when that, that time ended, um, I was trying to get into vet school. I know that would freak everybody out. Like, Matt has this weird side. Uh, he's an animal lover. I thought I was going to be a veterinarian. At that time, getting into vet school was very, very, very hard. Mm. Uh, the chances of a male, uh, regardless of their grades, getting in was almost impossible. They were taking lots of females. There was a big push. We're taking lots of foreign students. There was a big push for that. There's very, very few uh, veterinary schools in the country. Uh, took my MCAT. I could get into medical school. I could not get into vet school. Mm. Wild. <laughs> You're not qualified to work on animals, but here, have some humans. Is, <laughs> yeah. Isn't that crazy? Yeah, yeah that is crazy. So, so I guess the, long they had story reasons, short, right? we're working. Rita and I are working. We're working. I'm, you know, she's a year behind me. She's starting her master's. And I'm just, I'm just growing tired, guys. Like, I don't want to keep doing this. So uh, I'm working at a veterinary clinic. This uh, pharmaceutical sales rep comes in, and uh, she goes, pulls me to the side and says, what are you going to do when you graduate in a few weeks? I said, well, I did not get into vet school. 
this round. So my options are go to work or wait, reapply, and let's see what happens. And she goes, you have the personality to do what I do. I was like, okay. And uh, she tells me a little bit about it. She says there's a job opening. It just happened in Albuquerque, New Mexico. You'd have to relocate. But I think you should apply for it. So I go home. I tell Rita. She can tell I'm excited. I have a little bit of ADHD. So yeah. like, you're elevated. So like, like I have an opportunity. Uh, yeah. Yeah. So we have no money, bro. Like zero. And uh, she's still doing undergrad. <laughs> Y'all can appreciate this. We go to Kohl's. They're like last fifty bucks. Yeah. You buy the shirt with the tie in it. <laughs> like in the box. Done yeah. that. The pre made. Like, yeah. In, that's in that's like the first job interviews. Like that's yeah. what it should say. Need a job in bro? Yeah. Buy yeah. this. Yeah, like shirt doesn't fit well, right? Yeah. Like I'm built like a box, monster neck, broad shoulders. So like the exactly collar what happened to me, bro. Collar doesn't necessarily close, but I still put the tie on. Yeah. You know, arms are real puffy and long. Yeah. But not you, everybody can relate to that. I can definitely relate to everybody that. Everybody did it, right? <laughs> anyway, we have no money. So it is approximately five hour drive from Emerald, Texas to Albuquerque. I have a eight o'clock interview. We don't have any money, so I can't stay the night. Yeah. So right? So I get up. Drive your happy ass. And I drive. Yeah. Right? But I leave early and I get how long was the drive? Five, five hours. hours. Okay. Get a few. Uh, I get thirty minutes away. I pull into a gas station. I'm, I arrive a couple hours early. Pull in because I just don't want to be late. I get close enough. Kind of go to sleep. I have the shirt hung up in the back. Take me an hour nap. Get up. Go in their bathroom. Get all dressed. So like this is terrible. Anyway, go interview. The interviews with the CEO. Like straight to the top. Mm. It's a mom pa regional uh, pharmaceutical distribution company. They probably run 30 to $40 million a year in gross revenue. Uh, I sit down, this man's 75, 80 years old, and he's just, he's hammering me. But I feel like I'm in control. And he's like, this is our home territory. This is the oldest territory in the company. This is uh, the territory I started the company with. This guy that is being replaced has been with the company 15 20 years he did a really really good job uh you know we go through the interview process i do something as we're leaving i have no idea to this day why i did it it was just natural it just happened as we get up interviews over i reach out my hand i shake his hand and i say i'll see you in two weeks Mm. and he just kind of paused for a moment i turn around and i walk out and uh i go home Rita asked, how's it, how'd it go? I'm like, pack your stuff. Yeah, I told him I'd see him in two weeks. I told him I'd see him in two weeks. And uh, she's like, you're crazy. Like, pack your stuff. Like, let's get ready. So two weeks goes by. Like, two weeks to the day, bro. Silence. And then I get this. We still have flip phones, right? Yeah. We still have flip phones at this time. And it rings. And it's, I memorized this area code 505. Yeah. Albuquerque, New Mexico. Nobody would call me from Albuquerque except for this guy, right? So two weeks to the day, he calls me at 5 o'clock in the evening. It rings. Rita says, who is it? I said, it's 505. She's like ecstatic. She runs over. She's like, answer it. Answer it. And I go, nope. I flipped the top down on the (laughs) phone. She's like, what are you doing? I was like, I just pulled the carrot. She's like, huh? 
was like, yeah, I've been reading all these sales books. I'm going to make him chase me. <laughs> She's like, we need this, yeah. bro. Like, what are you doing? Chase you for what? We got zero dollars. We need money coming in. 100%. <laughs> Open the phone back a few minutes later. Rings again. She goes, answer it. I go, okay. I answer it immediately, put it on speaker. And he goes, Matt. And I go, yes, sir. He goes, you little shithead, I'll see you in two weeks. I said, yes, sir. Hang up. That was it. <laughs> couple weeks, a uh, couple days later, get an email. What a, like, what a, guys, we were just talking about money earlier today. Think about this. I send over my employment offer and Rita and I think we're rich. Like at this point, we're ready to take a shopping trip on Rodeo Drive. We're ready to move to Beverly Hills. <laughs> Be, why? Because of check the, out the, my the, salary, bro. Yeah. L- listen to this employment offer: twenty four thousand dollars a year base salary. Already, already banking two hundred and fifty dollars a month expense account, and they're going to give me a Kia. SUV as a company car. <laughs> Dog. Like you I'm, just won the lottery. Bro, what? Like, I am that dude. Like, yeah. I am him now, yeah. right? You can go buy four of them packages, shirts with bro, the guy. Yeah, you know? Going like, to Coles. $24,000 a year is 500 bucks a week. Right? So I get, I get there. We, like, we literally go out. It's a little less than that, but. We. Shut up, Trey. There's 52 weeks here. Here, here we go. Man. It's 26,000. Right? So we go no, out, we get uh, we get this house up in the mountains, like we're living at high. It doesn't take long, and we're almost out of money. Yeah. They That territory did approximately $600,000 a year for the last 15 years. And I asked the, the owner, I said, why'd you fire this guy? He goes, because he's done $600,000 a year. Over and over and over. Over and over and he's over. He's capped out. He's done. He says, nobody in our company's ever broken that record. I said, I will. I had to. Like, we're starving to death. I'm not calling Rita's parents to ask for money. I can't call anybody in my family and ask for money. Yeah. Like, they're calling to ask me yeah. for money, yeah. right, bro? <laughs> like, so we have nothing left. So I just go to work. It gets so bad. Remember, Rita's trying to work, but she's doing her master's. So I'm the breadwinner. I'm supposed to take care of my wife. Gets so bad. I would take clients out for lunch or dinner, and I would let them leave, and I would take all the extra food, even from their plates, bro. Yeah, and take it home. So we had stuff. I thought to you eat. were gonna say when they leave, I took the tip money, right? I <laughs> serving my damn self hey, today. Real talk. Sometimes <laughs> yeah. there was no tip money. I'd yeah, be, it was me writing the check. Credit cards are maxed out. Take tip money off the other table. And put I'm it on trying yours. to tell you, man. So. <laughs> We keep going. We keep going. We keep going. 600K is the uh, the limit. We get through the first year. Uh, we were ending right about 900,000, but the commission still isn't enough, right? It's not enough to get us out of the hole we built. It's not yeah. that. You know, there was a time, I can remember November of that first year, I cannot, I can, this is bad use of money. I literally can afford a pumpkin pie and a six pack. It's Thanksgiving. And that's what I did. I go down to the store, I get a six pack and I get a pumpkin pie and I come home and me and Rita literally cry, bro. We've never been away from our families. Mm. I do not have the money to, to drive home, to have her there with her family. And we, we are proud. We are not going to let anybody help us. Yeah. We're not going to tell them we're suffering. 
I said, what do we do? Do we go home? She goes, you're going to do it, man. Like, you're going to make it, Matt. Keep going. December came, boom. January came, boom. Before I knew it, we're doing 1.5 million, 2 million, 3 million, 4 million. Wow. Boom. Territory's exploding. They're saying, hey, Matt, this is, I am making more money than we can spend. Like, more money than we can spend. <laughs> it's pretty cool, right? Your first year, your salary's 24K. And I started getting $30,000, $50,000 a month commission checks. Mm. That's that's big money. Game changing Especially money. Especially as a it's young, young yeah. couple. Imagine being 25 years old, yeah. getting a $30,000 commission check. That took me on another journey. Vegas. I was going to say, <laughs> young, first touching money. Here comes the spiral story, right? Like You know exactly the, where the this lessons, goes. right? right? Yeah. So I'm on top of the world. Here's what happens. Young and untouchable. Young and untouchable. My wife's at home. Never never uh, an infidelity issue, like never that, but definitely like I'm going with the homies. Yeah. Right? So flying to Vegas. Vegas is easy to get to. Five, six, seven thousand dollar a night bar tabs. Yeah. Just absolutely out of control. The whole time Rita's just at home hmm. holding it down. And it wasn't until the last few years we talk about that. So why didn't you leave? Yeah. Like, what exactly were you doing? Yeah, what did you see in me? Because I didn't obviously see much in myself. So I was masking it with bottles and this and whatever. We were talking about threshold yesterday. That was it? You were way past your threshold in terms of the value that you had in yourself versus the, the type of money that you were touching. Yep. And you were trying to get rid of it. And, and damage and, and hurt yourself in a negative way 100%. to get back to the value level of respect that you had for yourself at the time, right? Remember, guys, I can, like, there was a time growing up, I, I remember, it's crazy, filling out free lunch forms for my brothers and I and asking my mom, how much money do you make? And she said, last year I made $12,000. Now I'm making thirty grand a month. Like that, nobody in my family's done those things. So I'm like, Rita, what are you doing? Why, you know? Fast forward to twenty years later, and I'm like, babe, while I'm out destroying the empire, yeah, I'm leaving you at home. What are you doing? Because like I know what I'd be doing, right? I'm packing my yeah. shit. I'm partying. Like I'm doing whatever. She just looks at me and says, I'm praying for you. Hmm. Whoa, right? Yeah. Like, whoa, right? So, you definitely needed them. Needed them, bro. Like, needed them. So, we go through that time, and and I wake up one day because it's what I do, and didn't matter how much money I was making, I was done with that. Yeah. And I go to Rita and say, hey, I'm done with that. And I tell her this, like, two weeks before we have our first child perfect timing kill like, yeah, hey. yeah hormones are stable <laughs> yeah yeah and yeah she, and she just says okay yeah anyway next step what's that look like i go to uh during this time i met a gentleman that i loved he was a mentor for me uh he was if you've ever read the book good to great he was part of the transition of abbott with abbott laboratories he was a closer 
he only went in on deals that were at this time a million dollars or more and they flew him all over the country and that's all he did like that's what i wanted to that's what i wanted to do mm-hmm. he wanted me to come to work for him he was he had a startup out of denver colorado and uh we met through the the previous company as he was trying to get distribution going and we just clicked and one day he sat in my car and he says matt because I'm dropping him off the airport. He says, I want you to come work for me. And I look at him and said, you cannot afford me. He says, okay. Well, literally the next day, I have a home office. We still have fax machines, bro. Yeah. Every day at 5 p.m., a fax comes through, and it's from this gentleman, and it's made out to my wife. Hey, Rita, Matt's missing the greatest opportunity of his life. Hey, Rita, with one year with me, Matt will be the greatest virgin of himself. Hey, Rita. Hey, Rita. Hey, Rita. He, he's going to the source, bro. bro. He's working closer. Yeah, yeah. yeah. She comes to me, and she finally goes, after I leave this other company, I'm sitting there. I'm miserable. She's like, join him. I'm like, all right, bet. So, so we end up doing it. We think we have everything figured out. He has the lock on bringing some equipment uh, for the veterinary industry, which I understood, uh, into the United States from South Korea. Um, we get all the way there, man. We, he has, has some funding, not a ton. We get all the way there. We go to sit down in the room. I fly up to Denver. We sit down in a room with the South Koreans. Deal's done. We're going to make a butt ton of money, and they look at everybody and go, cool, we just need the million dollars of seed money. And we all just look at each other across the table. Like, we're going to need a minute. Yeah. So we go out in the uh, lobby. We find out nobody has a million dollars. We go back in. Deal falls through. I have to go home. I have to fly home. My wife is at home expecting me to come back with this with great, yeah. new, great news. Here's the new plan. We're going to do all this. Da, 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 da. And I have to come home and, like, I don't have a job. We actually don't have anything. <laughs> Nothing worked at all. <laughs> At all, Kale. Nothing. <laughs> so what are we going to do? Being the resourceful people we are, you know, at this time we started dial up internet. I'm sitting there. There's this thing that came out at that time. It's called Alibaba.com. Yeah. Right? Just came out. So I'm playing on this thing. I'm like, you can have them make products. Them being most of this stuff is made in foreign countries. Mm-hmm. And you can bring it into the U.S. and put your own stickers on it and call it your own. White label. It's this thing called white labeling, right? I'm like, interesting. So I find this product. Uh, it's called Digital uh, X-Rays. So everybody remembers the going to the to the doctor, you break your arm, they put you on this table, they shoot it. They get this film and they stick it up on the box, yeah. right? The light box. And they're like, there's your break. Well, technology being what it was, it was only a matter of time. But before that became digital, no more fluids, no more chemicals, no more any of this. Well, there's this, there's this thing on Alibaba.com. There's a South Korean manufacturer. They're like, we make digital x-ray. So I call up the guy I'm working for. I'm like, check Let's this out. This. He's like, this is, this is great. Like, there's nobody in the U.S. 
we don't need FDA clearance because it's veterinary medicine. So we do it. Yeah. We call them up. Uh, they're so excited to get us. Um, we have to buy it. We just called them boxes. They send us over the software. We look at it. It's terrible. We're like, we're going to have to figure out how to clean this up. So they tell us the prices. We've got to pay five or $8,000 uh, a box, depending on how we bought it. Six weeks from the time we sent our money, we'd get a cargo container full of them. And then we just sell them. Put them in vet clinics all across the U.S. It's like, this sounds like a great idea. Where'd you get the money for it? Well, we had enough, right? Yeah, it yeah. wasn't that yeah, much, yeah, yeah. right? So we didn't have a million, but we had some. And uh, so we do it. We find a kid from uh, Colorado State University that is not a computer programmer, but he knows how to hack stuff. <laughs> so so we just empower him like, you're the greatest thing ever. Yeah. We coach him up. Next thing we know, all of his buddies are working on our software where like, the dog and cat pictures no longer look like the animals have rabies. They look like clear, <laughs> right? Like yeah. they look like an American, yeah. like animals, right? So everything's good. We've gotten all the Korean out of it. It, it looks pretty good. <clears throat> so I'll never forget it. Uh, we're working through it. We don't actually have, we actually haven't placed an order at this time. We're trying to see, prove the concept. Yeah. 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 So I use an old, uh, I use my old, contacts i drive to one day i just wake up like hey we're gonna do this i drive to one of my former um, accounts i walk in i tell this i i can still remember like walking into the back room and going hey doctor so-and-so she's like hey man everybody loved me I'm like what do you know about digital radiography and she just stops and she just looks at me and she goes it's the wave of the future and i'm like absolutely she and I understood, yeah. bro, I understood the power of pause. So I just got quiet. And she goes, do you have one? And I go, yeah. And you're going to be my, <laughs> you're going to be the first. And I just get, out there. Yeah. and I just get super quiet. And she goes, you have a brochure? No. I'm a bro, and I'm, I'm sure, sure you need that <laughs> shit. I say no, you know, right? Yeah. And I just quiet again. She goes, how much does it cost? And Trev, you know I'm a numbers man. Yeah, big time. She goes, how much does it cost? Keep in mind, we're going to pay pay five to $8,000 yeah. a box. I sit there for a second, and I, and I look at her, and I go, 85000 And she does it to me. She gets quiet. <laughs> so, you bro, start sweating like, internally. Yeah, you're like, oh, oh man, eighty five hundred. Like, I did not yeah. mean to carry that zero. Yeah. Like, yeah, holy yeah, crap, yeah. right? And I look up and I go, "Do you want to buy it?" And she just gets quiet. And she goes, "Yeah." So, in like ten words, you guys were both like, we got, feeling you were filling each other out, yeah. bro. I go, great. Here's what I need. I need a 50% deposit. I literally carry a yellow notepad. I write it on this. Sell digital x-ray. $85,000. <laughs> the little mask. forty two five is what I need. She gives me a check for $42,500. I go to the car. I call my uh, mentor and I say, uh, we have to make it happen. He's like, what do you mean? I said, I sold one. He's like, 
oh, okay, so let's make this happen. <laughs> so we used that money. We started rolling. First month, we sold one. Second month, we didn't sell any. Third month, we didn't sell any. Fourth month, we sell 12, 24. Mm. Boom, 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 boom. Wow. Before we know it, this thing's grossing upwards $25 million a year in gross revenue. Wow. We are rocking and rolling. And uh, uh, that thing just... It taught me a lot about business. There was a, uh, as Matt does, the time came that I was no longer intrigued with it. Yeah. And the process, I love startup. Yeah. And uh, we were big enough that I didn't know everybody in the office building. Mm. It was time for me to go. And yeah. uh, I did that. And it was a great transition. I came home. My wife is now the CFO of a uh, uh very large um, artificial turf manufacturer. Uh, she She's wearing all kinds of hats, but mostly in the financial <laughs> side of it. Uh, they are a true startup, but this thing's rocking and rolling. So I'm sitting there without a job. I don't have anything to do. Hey, what's next? We have plenty of money, but Matt's getting bored. So uh, what I do is, you know, probably have a few too many adult beverages. Middle of the night, I'm playing on the computer at this time, now there's this thing called YouTube. So I, I, I look up her company that she's always ranting and raving about. Yeah. I never understood why Rita, like, stopped her. She Rita's a catch, guys. Like, she is a, like, a prodigy. Like, she is so smart mm-hmm. uh, in the accounting world. I never understood why she had offers from major firms. Like, she was going to do these things. And she went to work almost like on an internship basis for this this startup company, and she never left. And I never mm. understood why. I didn't pay her anything. And she loved it. And now I understand more about culture. Yeah. So like, yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> now I understand yeah. a lot. It's different. But then I didn't understand. So I'm up at late at night, and I'm thinking about her. I'm thinking about my journey. What's next? So I go, you know, I go on YouTube, and, and I, I look up that company. And they have this marketing video trying to attract dealerships or franchisees or whatever. And it's it's like the it's actually not that great. There's a bunch of people from the green industry, some landscapers, whatever, and they're like, I did this and it changed my life. So at three o'clock in the morning, probably somewhat intoxicated, I wake up my wife and I'm like, Hey, like a next move. I gotta tell you something. She's like, <laughs> What? I'm like, so I just watch those dealership videos. And if those dudes can do that, <laughs> like I'm going to kill it. Mm. And she's like, go to sleep. There's probably a conflict of interest here. I'm handling the money for the company. Mm. There's all these things. Well, I never go to sleep. Stay up all night. Next morning, I'm, like, I'm going to call your bosses. She's like, I don't know if that's a good idea. I'm, like, I'm going to call them. What are they? Worst case scenario, they tell no. me no. Yeah. So I call them. They're like, this is a great idea. <laughs> so so we buy this dealership and at the, at that time they give you when like when you sign up they give you these parameters you got to spend so much money then you have to sell so much product yeah i asked them two questions what's my number and what is the most that any new franchisee or new dealership has ever done in their first year it said a hundred thousand square feet is the most sold now, that's all changed, but at that time, that was yeah. the most ever sold by, like, the stud. The, the, grade, the To that point, 
greatest was, franchisee. That was the greatest right. franchisee. Yeah. And then what's my number? Now, I live in rural West Texas, so I'm not in L.A. I'm not in Miami. I'm not in New NYC. So my numbers are different. They said this year you have to sell 32,000 square feet. That's for the whole year. Um, the best ever out the gate in the first 12 months was right at 100,000 square feet. I said, cool, I'm going to do them both. So in my first month, I sell 38,000 square feet. Wow. Right? Fast forward. This is, We had the talk yesterday. I'm still kind of in between things. It's kind of a side deal. I haven't fully committed to it. But I let some time go by. Rita stops me and says, you have to focus. You either pick this or we do something else yeah. or whatever. So I go all in and long story short, I smash their record, sell 112,000 square feet, beat everybody. I'm the new kid on the block. I'm flying across the country speaking at all these shows. Uh, like everybody knows Matt. Like he's the dude. And still not really fulfilled. The poster boy. Yeah, but still not really fulfilled. Right? Like making a ton of money. And I'm still not there. Things aren't fixed. Mm. Something's missing, guys. So we've all learned this on our journey. Like when you're doing things for yourself, when you're doing things out of ego, you don't get the fulfillment. You don't. You don't. It's hollow. It's hollow. And that's what it was. Enough is never enough. Enough is never enough. Fast forward we get the business to the point where uh, I'm like, Rita, I, I want you. Mm. I want to do life with you every day. I want you to be a part of the business. So she leaves her her job at uh, there at corporate, if you will, and joins our team. We end up buying a second location, bringing some partners. Things go absolutely the wrong way. Uh, blow up bad partners, whatever. Rita and I constantly just toting everything, making it all happen. Fast forward to where we are today. We still have those businesses. They run on almost autopilot. And it's afforded us enough now that we, we, we've built multiple other businesses. We've learned to identify the right people. We've learned to uh, search out the right opportunities. And we have multiple businesses with partners that are allowing us to work every day that are allowing us to be present with our kids every day that are allowing us to give to our church, mm. give to our family, uh, you know, families in need things that we find dear. Like we're now able to use our money to affect change in the world. Yeah. For something positive rather than trying to fill the gap in your yes. soul and the ego. hundred percent. Yeah. And just to think back, right? Like it all started with a Kia, SUV. Yeah. 24,000. <laughs> 24,000. Salary. Right? And it's cool to be able to write checks now to uh, give to people just because it makes us feel good. Yeah. yeah. So that, that's kind of where we're at today. We are, we're rocking and rolling. We have service-based businesses uh, that are built on, we're, they're data-driven companies. So we're in a new season of our life where we are looking to grow through acquisition of small um, service-based business, service-based business, yeah, yeah. one to $3 million gross yeah. revenue type businesses where we can come in, maybe continue on with the owner operator in a management type role, maybe even some type of uh, equity or profit sharing uh, situation, but that allows us to take our proven systems 
plug and, it in and just plug it in. Yep. We have the back office ready. Uh, we can, we feel we can walk into any service-based business and immediately uh, grow them. Well, that's the problem with most businesses. They do, they know how to do what they know how to do, but 100%. they don't know how to do that back end shit. Yep. And they avoid the hell out of it, yep. you know. And then you got Rita back there doing her mad scientist shit, creating uh, a back end that's just ironclad that's allowed you guys to do what you guys have been doing, and then now you're just duplicating it. Hundred yeah. percent. So it's a total team effort. Now we catch people off guard often because they don't necessarily understand how it all works but i'm the hunter yeah and she 100 percent is what makes it all roll yeah she has a team they are very dedicated to their processes there's very little you know outside of the line type things that happen but i go out and i hunt yeah i knew that it had to grow um my network to find more opportunities that would grow the businesses and uh, part of that was bringing on partners, things like that, which is how I ended up in RBO. Yeah. I was part of other masterminds. But one thing that drew me here was y- y'all's ability to, I mean, if you read the books, we know the stories, right? Yeah. To go through a lot of hard stuff, but come back together and build businesses because not only do you have your core business, but now you have other businesses yeah, or whether multiple. they're yeah, investment opportunities, your mastermind, your podcast, all those other things. But y'all have found a way to be more than just partners. Like what I've learned is when things go wrong in business, it's typically because the partners are not doing life together. You guys are doing life together. Yeah. You know? Right? Like, you know when something's going on with Trev. Yeah. And that matters. Yeah. Super weird, but y'all are married in, like, a weird way. Yeah. I know it's a Utah thing. I don't know, but y'all are, like, married, bro. We're not polygamists, (laughs) and uh, we don't swing that way. But um, in business, obviously. Yeah, huh. What dude? I, what I want you to elaborate on is some of the some of the struggles that you had to go through to get where you are now. Because we talked about the, this cool journey. Yeah, there were some struggles, but like even more recent in terms of kind of protecting your peace, protecting you know uh, where you're trying to go versus where other people are and how they view you as the old map versus what you're trying to do with the new mat and how sure. difficult that yeah, is. It really, because it really feels like you just are at this place where you know who you are. Sure. You know what I mean? Just from our talks that we've had, even in here, this yeah. thing, like sure. what Trev's saying, I'm like, I'm like, it's true, man. Like you're at it. You're at a place, you know, you, you got a plan with your wife, you know, sure. you've done the fitness shows, you know, even the other night when you were like, dude, like, I don't like who I was when I was super over disciplined, but I don't like who I was when I'm like, like, I like finding this, this spot and I found sure. it, you know, so it like feels like, you know, who you are, where you're at. And that's been a journey. Yeah. Uh, Trev, you got to see some of that right up close to personal. I have text messages back through. I, I told everybody, like I wandered through the shadow, right. Of the Valley oh, yeah. of death. Oh, like, yeah. mm-hmm. I, you could tell when you were, when it was just dark, dark, you yeah, know? super dark. Yeah. So, so I went through a quick, I guess it wasn't a quick, it was a year about, uh, my father was never in my life, not not in the way that I wanted them to be 
for him to be. But uh, as an adult, I I started mending that relationship, and I had my dad uh, for about six months. We had the ideal relationship, the one I always dreamed about. Mm. And then out of nowhere, man, get a phone call, has a cardiac uh, emergency, and he's gone. Crushes my whole world. I spin out of control. I walk away from all the businesses for a year. And I am at the point of sitting on the tailgate of my truck on our ranch in Texas with my rifle. Like, I'm ending this. Like, I cannot take the pain anymore. And I'm screaming, physically screaming at what I believe is my God. And I physically believe I hear the words just trust me. And at that point I have this, there's this divine intervention and I start, I put everything up. I go home. I tell my wife about it. We're rocking and rolling. And what I've learned over the years is most of that pain came from my inability to find happiness within myself. I found it from everybody else. Right. So I, in my business, I would hire people that were the underdogs. I would hire people that were raised by single moms that maybe battled with alcohol Mm -hmm. and addiction, maybe had uh, criminal records. Why? Because you hired you. I hired me and I wanted to save them. Right? Like, and it continued. We just had this talk yesterday. We continued to suffer that same cycle over and Mm -hmm. over. We'd get them up, we'd teach them about money, we'd pay their rents, we'd put them in nice houses, we'd get them in new trucks, Mm -hmm. we'd talk to them about their marriages and why it's not good to have 12 baby mamas, like all the things, (laughs) bro. And then they would leave. (laughs) And it would hurt. And the reason that happened was I now know is, you know, I'd tell Rita, I, I don't understand why they can't do it because we're exactly the same. We came from the same place. And she finally looked at me one day and said, it's because you're not, you guys aren't alike at all. You came from the same place, but you are not the same people. So it's true. Now I am 100%. I, (laughs) I live by a Kuna Matata, right? If you affect my energy in any way, I love you but I'm going to love you from over there. Mm-hmm. It's been really hard. Yeah. I've had to say goodbye or see you later to friends, colleagues, family yeah. to protect my peace. Yeah. And what's happened in the last year is as I've learned to love myself and find joy in myself, I've become a better version for everybody, for you guys, yeah. for this group, for my wife, for my kids. For your uh, business partners, for the employees that you currently have. And it's a multiplier. Yep. Yeah. I never understood that. It truly is a multiplier. When I am, everybody says, be your best version of yourself. And I think everybody thinks they are until yeah. they yeah. really are. And yep. then they know. And then they're like, oh, fuck. That's really what it was. It's like, hey, Rita, we, we took our staff from upwards of 50 people down to 15 over the last 18 months. And we've quadrupled revenue Mm. people are like how do you do it i'm like i don't really have an answer except for i am an absolute rock star now yeah and i thought i was good before yeah but like i am like trev y'all should hire me dog like i am good 
I well, yeah, I, I was going to say, no application needed. You don't have the flip phone anymore, so don't fucking Only if dangle Rita's the carrot. package deal, because yeah, yeah, we need some accountants yeah, at her yeah, level, okay. too, you know? Yeah. But I think that's it. Like, there is just this power in getting to that best version of yourself. Yeah. I no longer, uh, we, I don't need you to tell me, hey, you've got to wake up at 4 o'clock. I don't need you to tell me you got to run 25 miles a day. Why not? Because... I know what I need to do for me. Yep. Right? So that's your journey. Yep. Whatever yours is, is yours. What I would do is, hey, Trev, like, have this problem. How do I fix it? Hey, you need a cold plunge every morning. Not me, bro. (laughs) (laughs) I don't need to go. I am. I'm hot plunge. Right? Like, and it doesn't matter. Get brave enough to be your own advocate. Mm Mm-hmm. Get brave enough to live your best life. Put people in your life that you want to be like. Let them hold you accountable. You're going to call me out on my shit. If you see me going, I have a problem with when depression and anxiety sets in, I'm a re- I am retreat. Yep. Mm-hmm. Y'all sniff that out. You yeah. sniff that out. Yeah. You text me like, hey, Yo, what's you up, good, homie? bro? You good. And yeah. I, know what that, I know what that means. So you need that in your life. But just because the newest influencer says... You need to do 15 jumping jacks a day in super short shorts. <laughs> They're not short enough, bro. I'm looking for the super dude. I, got, I guess I got some yesterday from Donnie. He gave me one inch. One in inch? Yeah. And I, and I thought the three inches were short. So we'll see. Well, if the one inch dang- still covers. Yeah, so we'll, we'll see what dangles out, you know. But you just have to get brave enough to do for yourself well you got to be brave enough to take some sort of journey right like it gets to a point where you put a lab coat on and you start trying to figure yourself out and i and i don't think it's a bad thing to if somebody says hey try do 15 jumping jacks try it and if it doesn't work for you then don't do but don't you know what i mean like 100 be open and willing to try anything and if you see that it's it's working in a positive way in your life then keep doing that thing and then put the lab coat on again and say, what else can I add to this? What else could I be doing to find the best version of myself? All it is, is just a, it's a big game of figuring ourselves out 100%. and trying things helps you figure yourself out. If you're not trying anything new or different, you're not going to find anything new or different about you, right? Like what your likes are, or what your dislikes are. Maybe you don't have to get in the cold plunge to know that you just don't like cold, right. you know, or go running or whatever, but you did a fitness show, but you put, you put the lab coat on and you were like, dude, this isn't my normal, but I'm going to do it. And then that probably taught you something. You're like, 100%. well, maybe I don't need to do that or this, right? 100%. Like, and you find yourself with inside this journey of going extreme here, maybe, you know, depressed here, and there's some sort of middle ground that fits, right? At the end of the day, I still believe that consistency is key. Yes. If you don't get lost in the weeds of uh, just this hyper self-improvement trend that's going on, if you wake up every day saying, today I'm going to be 1% better, and you're conscious of that, if you will if you will do that, you will be better than the masses. But you know what better means. 100%. You right? have to be true not, to not yourself. Not what somebody else is better. You means, have to be right? true to yourself. You know when you're struggling. You know your toxic traits. Yep. You have. I am so grateful for that moment on the back of my truck for that year of not loving my wife and my family. And 
I, I am so grateful for that because I got to meet all my demons. Yes. So, dog, I'm knocking them down one by yes. one. That's what you have to do. That's exactly what you have to do. And that's what people aren't doing, yep. right? Like, it could be 1% better could be, okay, well, I'm not the person that I want to be when I have a drink. That doesn't mean go for a 25-mile run. Yep. Put the drink down. Yes. That is improvement, right? And Or what, whatever it is, try reading. If reading's your, you know what I mean? But be consistent enough with it for a long enough period of time because I think we do try some something that's new and different and it feels weird because it's unfamiliar and we don't give it a true chance to show its worth, right? If you, like you did the fitness show, you did the, dis, like you had to go through a period of time Ooh. extended in order to be able to accomplish that goal, sure. right? It wasn't like I'm going to try fitness for a week and be committed for a week. You're talking about consistency. So whatever it is that you're doing when you put a lab coat on, do it for a long enough period of time to where you actually have a result that you could evaluate to determine whether that's something that serves you or not. Right? Right. Yep. So I think people are doing it, you know, like people have to go through shit to get to the point where they're like, you know what? I've got to fucking figure me out. You know what I mean? Yeah. And so, uh, when I look around, man, I see people, I see people doing it, man, all the time, you know, it's just different, right? It's like different than what we do for ourselves, you know, like, you know, like, like Trev goes on fucking runs and gets into his mind, you know, I go to fucking therapy with my wife, you know, <laughs> and we go fucking do fucking exploring together. And sure. it's like, you do, everyone's just different. You know what I mean? But like, honestly, when I look at somebody that's like not doing it, I see them doing it. It's like, well, dude, you're just, you're not fucking there yet. Like you're not at that place yet because you're still in the process of like fucking sabotaging and destroying your life, which you kind of got to do. You know, it's part of the process. Mm -hmm. You're, everybody is going to go there. Yeah. Whether they think they are or dude. not. Should I put they my family through the last couple years? Or? Spot. Yeah. If you're not fed up enough, you're not going to change. If you will talk, you will get what you tolerate. And when you can't tolerate the result that you currently have, you will do anything different uh, in order to try to get out of the situation that you're in. You were at the very lowest of low and you would have done anything to get out of that situation. So you weren't the same mat on the tailgate that you were that day. Anything was open game after that. But you have to actually have that that hard look in the mirror and just be like, fuck, this ain't it. This ain't it. And, and I think with the distractions that people have today in this day and age, they don't ever get to the, the low, low point because they're just distracting themselves from themselves to where they're not meeting the version of them that they should be changing, right? Agreed. Yeah. Alcohol, social media, porn, whatever it is. Whatever. Anything to get you out of your own body and your own mind for a moment just to distract you from you is really, I think, the, the, the biggest problem. That's why I enjoy running, right? That's why I do it. I get alone with myself in my mind, and I get to face my mind where my mind's barking at me, and I, and I want to be able to, just like an animal, dog, sit. Like, I want to get to the point where my, if I tell my mind to do something, it's not going to, you know, turn against me. It's going to sit, and I'm going to be in full control, and to me, that brings me peace. Yeah, that's what that whole fitness thing was. Yeah. Everybody's like, what do you mean you're going to do a bodybuilding show? You're 100 pounds overweight. It was never about 
actually doing the bodybuilding show. It was about going to battle with myself every single day and not masking any single feeling I had. Mm. No drugs. Forced you. No alcohol. Yep. What could I do that would ensure I would not do those things? Not slip up. The, right? I couldn't or, drink alcohol if yeah. you're trying to lose 100 pounds. What would ensure yeah. that you would actually be consistent with this thing? The discipline. Yes. To this day, I tell everybody, the discipline of a bodybuilding show, of prep, saved my life. Mm -hmm. You're running, right? Mm -hmm. You got to do the hardest shit. And that was hard. Eat six times a day. Every morning at 5 a.m., 30 minutes cardio, workout. The structure. Another hour after work. No, there was no looking left or right. No sugar, no nothing. Like all these things. Structure. Day in and day out. And it took nine months to lose 100 pounds. Get in what people, what society said was the best shape of my life, which I don't agree with, right? Because I wasn't the happiest. Yeah. But it got me out of depression. Mm. Just like you're running. Probably mm. keeps you out of the darkness. Yeah. So When I feel like I'm at a low spot, I'm like, dude, I need to go. I need to go for a run. Battle I, I, yourself. I, I, exactly. I have to face myself. Yes. There's something that's going on. And when I'm out on the open road, I figure out what the fuck it is. Yep. And the world's made it too easy for us to take a pill, smoke something, drink something, and just not face it. Yeah. Yeah. So, yeah. Well, the runs made me stop smoking weed. 100%. Because I could actually face myself. Yep. You know what I mean? So, how do people get a hold of you, brother? How do, like, if people want to connect with you, if they're in a small, small uh, yep. service based business, 100%. like, man, fucking take my shit, dude. Yep, 100%. <laughs> <laughs> or if they're in uh, Texas and like, dude, or, I got to work for this guy. Or if they just want to like yeah. consume your content. Because, bro, like some of the stuff you put out, you fucking chills, dude. You know what I mean? Yep. Like the podcast with your son that you put out a clip of. Um, dude, the one where you talked about God. The stuff you write. I'm like, oh, man, I just we love reading your ton, stuff. Uh, we have a new media team. We have a ton of content. Uh, we'll be released soon. We'll be la launching our podcast. Uh, Green Pro to CEO. It talks about our journey. Uh, in the green industry to build in multiple businesses. Uh, today, you want to find me on Instagram at the Matt Atkins. You find me on Facebook, uh, same tagline. But yeah, just reach out, hit my DMs. I'm here to help. Yeah, yeah. dude, truly is too. You're, you're the fucking man, there to bro. Help. Like for real, you're the man, and you're doing exactly what I think that you're you set out to do in terms of making an impact, right? Um, and I, I, like Kel said, he gets chills when he reads like, dude, <laughs> you have this weird way of like touching souls, mm -hmm. like getting past kind of the bullshit, right? Sure. Like a lot, you can roll your eyes at some people that, you know, they're just saying shit to say shit, but like, you know, when you're saying shit that that's from your soul. And I think that's why it touches other people and gives people chills. So we'll appreciate dude, you guys. Yeah, absolutely. Guys, make sure you share the show. Uh, Matt's obviously a treat as you just uh, heard over the last hour rate review. Other than that, guys keep kicking ass. We'll see you next week. <laughs>